Blake couldn't make it in today, so Anthony Guma of the Sports Fan Show subs in for him today. Uh, we're going to go through our normal weekly slate of the NFL, college football, Nebraska football, the NF- and the NFL and college football pickums. Let's get into it. Armstrong looking, holding, throws out a flat pass caught by Amir. Trying to avoid the rush, he does. He has a first down, bouncing off tacklers to the 45. Amir to the 40, Amir to the 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Oh, touchdown, Amir Abdullah. Quarterback drop. Armstrong into the secondary. Armstrong's got a step. Touchdown. You are listening to The Last Take. The premier sports show for college students by college students. With hosts Dylan Jurgens and Blake Mace. Welcome back to The Last Take. I'm Dylan Jurgens. Um, so, like I said in the intro, Anthony Gumont is joining the show. Um, so, how are you doing today? Not too bad. You know, first of all, thanks for having me on. It kind of feels weird uh, coming back to The Last Take um, as a guest, you know, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, I left this podcast to do my own podcast, uh, but I've never been on as a guest on anything. So this is going to feel very weird for me, but thank you for having me on. So. Yeah, of course. You had me on, so I had to give you the same favor. So um, we didn't have a guest planned for this week. So, and well, Blake couldn't come, so you fits in perfectly. So, um, so I'm just we're gonna just hop right into with the NFL. Um, so we can just go over our takeaways, wins or losers. So. Uh, what are your what were your thoughts over this past weekend with the NFL? I mean, not gonna lie, I didn't really watch the NFL because I haven't really been watching it. Um, but a few notes you gotta take by. First of all, uh, I'm gonna start off with my favorite team, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. We've oh my gosh, we cannot get a run game going on. We you know you released Dalvin Cook. We thought Alexander Madison's a guy. We traded in Cam Cam Akers. Really excited to see how he does. But we just got to stop turning over the gosh darn football. Like, I mean, for a while, it's just like, you, that. you know, your bottom of the turnover margin, that's how you're losing games. You know, you've, had, you've only you've been at home twice, only been on the road once. And, you know, the Chargers, who arguably are a playoff team, in my opinion, they're a little overhyped. But they could have had a win right there. They were driving down the field. They had the perfect opportunity to take the lead. And then, in a, like, it was just kind of a tip ball interception. Not really Kirk's fault, but at the same time, he... It was, it was a he, Vikings moment. It was. Like, he, his job was to throw that ball 100 miles an hour to TJ Hawkinson, and he just couldn't handle the catch, bounce off his chest, and then Kenneth Murray Jr. with the pick. Honestly, I was speechless. I was so excited. It almost felt like we could finally win a game, and then just all hopes disappeared. Uh, but hopefully we finally get a win against the... Carolina Panthers, who are also winless. So who knows? Is on the road. We'll get to that here later. But um, before we do anything else, how about the Miami Dolphins? Oh, I was just goodness. about to mention that. Uh, you know, I didn't really pay attention. Like I said earlier, I don't pay attention to the NFL. But I was scrolling through my phone because I was getting a lot of notifications from CBS, and then it said the Miami Dolphins get the A the A plus grade for putting up seventy. I'm like, seventy. Like that's the seven exact zero. I had. And I'm like, what the heck? So I checked it out, and sure enough, yep, they beat the Broncos twenty to seventy. And then my immediate thought was, should I text my brother Will, who's a Broncos fan, and see if he watched the game or heard of anything like this? Because the Broncos are also in three. So me and Will, we're just having terrible uh, seasons so far as NFL fans. But 
I mean, as long as Tua can stay healthy, he is a re- he's going to have a really phenomenal season. I think he's already probably the front runner for the very early MVP race. But how do you say this? Uh, Devon Achin or Ach- uh, Devon Ach- Achin. Achin. Ach- I think it's Achin. I don't or Achin, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Two hundred three yards on the ground. That's a very very performing game. I think he's already like on the high trend for a lot of fantasy. Uh, players such as myself, if I can uh, get him, maybe I don't know, but because my, my team's not doing very well, but I really don't care either way. But you're not last, I can just tell you that. I think I am actually. Uh, I think Mark's last. Either in way, our either league, way, but... I still don't have a win. But honestly, just I had to play to really good, tough teams. I will mention this for my last point. I did watch the very end of the Saints-Packers games. You know, De- Derek Carr goes down. Uh, the Packers put up 18 in the fourth quarter. Jordan Love looked pretty impressive in that fourth quarter. He drove down the field. Uh, Jalen Reed is one of his favorite guys he likes to throw to, and also uh, Romeo Dobbs. Those guys play very well together, and uh, keep keep that name out for Jordan Love. I never thought I would say this, but keep that name out in mm-hmm. case uh, he pops off later on this season. But a uh, good win for the Packers. You know They could have lost it to that field goal that the Saints kicker missed just barely. Um, but yeah, those were pretty much the three games that really stood out to me anyways, because once again, I don't really watch a lot of football. Yeah, I didn't watch too much, but I did watch the Detroit-Atlanta game. Um, thank gosh the defense decided to do something for once. It was a struggle at the beginning of the year. I mean, we're 2-1 and one now, but defense was, you know, okay. We kind of just took advantage of Chiefs wide receivers being bad at playing football. So that's the only really reason why we won week one. Week two, we just defensive failures let Geno Smith cook, and we ended up losing in overtime. But this week, defense really stepped it up. Six total sacks as a team, I'm pretty sure. Aiden Hutchinson had two himself, finally getting on the board for his first sacks of the year. Um, offense had it clicking. Jared Goff went really very, very good game. Jameer Gibbs, he's now the starter with David Montgomery out for the next couple weeks at least. And then, of course, you got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. I think that's pretty much the community. That's the I mean, community yeah, he's thought. a pretty good wide receiver. I think in the next couple of years, you know, we're really going to see this guy flourish to one of the top wide receivers in the game. He's he, really good in the slot. He is really good in the slot. I think probably he's a little underrated because he is on the Lions, who really didn't get a lot of coverage this year. They were getting a lot more coverage. This year with a lot more primetime games this year, which they actually have Thursday night coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. A little scary. So, but. Uh, this game I thought was going to be close because the Falcons have a relatively uh, upgraded defense to what yes. last year was. But uh, good job with the Lions for getting that big win. Yeah, I was kind of scared going in with uh, the Bijan tyler algier uh, 1-2 duo uh, in their backfield. But Desmond Ritter is not the greatest quarterback in the world. We all, we all knew that to begin with. He had a good start to the year. I thought Marcus Mariota would be the starting, but... He didn't. Um, but, yeah, the Lions, good win. Uh, another game that really stuck out to me, um, I didn't I didn't watch it at the end, but that Pittsburgh-Las Vegas game apparently went, went like crazy at the end. Uh, Devontae Adams had like 40 points in fantasy, but they ended up still losing because, well, it's the Raiders. Yeah, well, and they're I coached think... by Josh McDaniels, who knows, doesn't, doesn't know how to win games. I mean, yeah, like – the only thing I really saw about this was Minka Fitzpatrick came back in that game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is now in concussion protocol for that. Um, but didn't really watch a lot of that game. But, yeah, we're based on the stat lines, what you're saying with the 
Devontae Adams, 172 receiving yards and two touchdowns. That's a really, really good game for him. But uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, And also, Arizona upsetting the Dallas Cowboys made my weekend. I am an avid Cowboys hater. I I don't think anybody is a Cowboys fan. That I know, other than Logan, um, I know Ryan, some so. cowboy cowboy fans back at home. And right now, uh, my math my math teacher in high school, he was always giving us crap. Especially, um, I have a few friends who are Vikings fans, and we're always giving him crap. You know, when the Vikings Cowboys always play, uh, you know, the next day on that Monday, he'll mm-hmm. come in with a Cowboys jersey, and he'll be like, "I'm sorry, is that a tasty W I hear?" But seriously, don't sleep on the Arizona Cardinals. You know, people are saying they're tanking for Caleb Williams. They've hung in literally every single game so far this season. They almost beat the Commanders. They choked bad against the Giants. But they were, were, were they up 28 nothing? I don't on, know. On the Giants? They were up by a big margin. Of yeah, they point. were up by a lot, and then they blew it. But they do have to play the 49ers and the Bengals back-to-back weeks, which is a tough, tough stretch. I don't know about the Bengals though. They've been kind of I mean they not great this the year. The Bengals so depend on Joe Burrow's health, but back to the Cardinals. Don't don't sleep on the Cardinals. Just cuz they have Joshua Dobbs as their quarterback, you know, they still have James Conner running back. They still have Buda Baker as safety. Um there's another big, you know, Hollywood Brown. They still have Hollywood Brown. Uh Zach Ertz still plays on that who it's I think he's injured right now, but but still like Don't it, quote me on that though. They still have a lot of relatively good players on that team. So say Michael Wilson's or Michael Wilson. He's a rook, he is a rookie wide receiver. I mean, he's done pretty well. Rondale Moore, he's still on there. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know they have their new lineman and Paris Johnson Jr. that they drafted. Um, yeah, I mean they they still have oh, Buddha Baker's on IR. I think Zach. Zach Ertz is still playing here. Okay. Uh, but they do have Trey McBride, who is a relatively good quarterback. We'll see if Kyler Murray ever decides if he wants to play football again, <laughs> if he wants to come back or not. Um, but somehow, if Kyler does come back and he comes way better than he was last year, watch out for the Arizona team if they mm-hmm. can hang in the next couple weeks. Yeah, and then the last thing is Chiefs did Chiefs things and destroyed the Chicago Bears. But the Bears are might be the worst NFL team I've ever watched. So... Other, well, I guess I'd, other than that 2017 Browns team that went 0-16. Yep. So. Um, but, yeah, so we can just segue that into the pick So the first game we're going to pick this week, Thursday night football. The Detroit Lions take on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Anthony, who you got in this one? This one's in Lambeau. It's going to be uh, kind of chilly weather here for the Packers. Uh, Lions, you know, both these teams are coming off very, very good wins. This team, this is going to be a very, very close game. I feel like I'm going to take the Lions in this one. I feel like the Packers will find a way either somehow to they will find a way to either win or find a way either to choke. And the, the Lions can keep this defense going like how they did last week. I could think they can very, very much contain Jordan Love and that Packer offense. So give me the Lions. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Lions' offense in this one because I feel like the offense has done really well this year. Um, Goff, before the Seattle game, had the longest streak of no interceptions in, like, in the entire NFL. At one point, he was getting close to like an NFL record or something, something crazy like that until he threw a pick six. But that's a whole other thing we don't need to talk about. Uh, but I think the Lions... 
the line is shifting towards in their favor. It's gone from one to one and a half. That's not much, but the Lions, I just feel like, are going to be the better team. And last time we played in Lambeau, we won, and that's when they had Aaron Rodgers. I think, and I, I'm still questionable with their uh, Packers offense. They still don't have Christian Watson. They might not have him this week. Jair Alexander was out last week. If they're all out, and Aaron Jones is also questionable for this game too, if they're without those guys, it's going to be really tough. But yet they still found ways to beat the Saints, who granted did have James Winston. At yeah, that's where I will say. And they also didn't have their best player on offense, which is Alvin Kamara. So, And yeah, losing Derek Carr is single-handedly the but reason still, why the not, Packers scoring won. Scoring 18 points is still tough to do in a football game. Yeah, I guess. You but, can't regard that, but also the Lions... Do look like the better team. I think that's going to be a close game. It should be and, close, and it should be a fantastic way to start the week. So, And last time, I believe the Lions played at Lambeau, like what you are saying. They got a win, but also knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Lovely. That was so fun to watch. I had a great time watching that. Um, so moving on to the next one. This one is going to be a big one. Miami Dolphins, like we said earlier, coming off a 70-20 to victory over the Broncos, take on the Buffalo Bills, uh, a noon kickoff game on, I think, CBS. So, Yeah, this one's going to be tough. Um, can Tua, you know, keep the quarterback he is? Can he just keep slinging it to Tyreek Hill because he's the fastest man alive, pretty sure? This one, I don't know, my... I, I'm like split here because you have Jalen Waddle who's questionable. Um, yeah, he's still in. Um, I have him in fantasy. He's still in um, concussion protocol. So. Yeah, but uh, you know that that could take some part into it. Uh, Buff, but Buffalo's defense is still one of the best in the NFL. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they went off last week. So we don't even get into it. But the Commanders <laughs> did, could not do anything. I mean, that's also the Commanders at the same at the same time. Oh man, this is this is honestly really tough. If the Bills didn't lose to the Jets in overtime, this would be a whole different story. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, my my brain is saying Dolphins. My chest is, or my gut is saying Bills. The Bills just, you know, they're still a very good football team. Uh, I think they can t- contain the Miami offense better than any team they face but also i think at the same time that's the reason the reason why this game is getting so high because of that 70 ball that they put on denver but they also won by two to the chargers and they uh won by seven to the patriots who have good defenses but buffalo's defense is much better than those two so give me the bills yeah uh this will by far like you said this will be the best defense two has gone against this year um, without that, Jalen Waddle will hurt. It's going to hurt them. But re- can't forget about Raheem Mostert. That dude is a dog. He's he was a diamond in the rough for the San Francisco uh, San Francisco Giant <laughs> Niners. So you're and, mixing your sports up there. <laughs> sorry, uh, the Niners. Um, so uh, I like the Miami Dolphins. They're um, I like the Dolphins in this one. I'm not as high with the Bills. I think they're just a tad bit overrated, like usual. Josh Allen's kind of having a mid-year so far with five touchdowns and four interceptions compared to two as eight touchdowns and two interceptions. So I like the Dolphins in this one, but you can't overlook that Bills defense. That defense will keep them in this game. So I'll give I'll give the Dolphins a win by three. So 
Moving on to the next one, uh, a AFC North divisional rivalry. The Baltimore Ravens take on the Cleveland Browns. Both are 2-1, and one, I believe. So. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you got the Ravens who are filled with injuries, um, but a lot of people are coming back. Uh, Cleveland, such a heartbreaker to lose Nick Chubb in the way he did. Um, I didn't even, like, get a good angle of his injury, but then I found the perfect one, and I'm like, I kind of wish I didn't find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but granted, like, uh, Cleveland's defense, despite the loss of Pittsburgh, but um, has been very well. Uh, Baltimore losing to Indianapolis in overtime Brutal. Uh, just doesn't look good to them. I mean, both these teams beat the Bengals. That's one fear in common that they have. It's going to be up in the air. It's going to. I think this game comes down to which quarterback is going to stand out more. Do you have Deshaun Watson, who's thrown four touchdowns, two picks, or Lamar Jackson, who has not quite bit himself this year um, with two touchdowns, one pick, however, two rushing touchdowns on the ground. He's been the primary running back uh, with J.K. Dobbs down and now Justin Hill down. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns on this one because it it is at home. Um, I'm not sure how I've been feeling about Baltimore this year. If Lamar can be the Lamar we know he can be, Baltimore can easily win this one, but I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns, and I'm hoping that Jerome Ford will pop off like he did last week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, this one, I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, I think both teams are pretty good this year. They both will make runs trying to make the playoffs. Um, this division is really good. It's the best um, in football. Yeah, it definitely is because all all four of these teams can easily make the playoffs this year. I'm a little hesitant with Pittsburgh still, but but uh, at least the three with Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati as long as the Bengals decide to play football. So, Well, I think – never mind. I'm, I'll, I'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, but – I mean, you know, I like the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, he's really good. I mean, regardless if he's having the greatest passing year, but he he's always a threat on the ground. But the Cleveland defense will make things difficult. But I have a feeling Baltimore, I feel like they're the better football team in my opinion. Um, they don't really need a running back when they have one as a quarterback. That And also Zay Flowers is super good. Um, very underrated. I don't know how they got him. You shouldn't. I think he slid a little too far, in my opinion. Zay Flowers is really good to come out of Boston. Well, the College. Ravens, the Ravens had the twenty fourth, and how they were getting picked, how these wide receivers were getting picked. I thought he would have gone earlier. So, um, but I th- I'll give the Baltimore Ravens the edge, but this one will be really close. Just watch out though for that Cleveland defense. Yeah, um, yeah. So moving on, your Minnesota Vikings. We're taking on the Carolina Panthers, another noon matchup. We should not even be in this position right now. This should be an easy cakewalk coming into. We should have a 3-1 record by now. <laughs> or no, a 2-1, and one, I'll say by now. But no, we have to go 0-3 and turn over the ball so many gosh darn times where I am just tired of it. I mean, the Buccaneers I had to listen to on the radio. I can understand the Eagles' loss. That's expected. That, that, that was very much expected. I had us losing that game anyways. But, boy, we came back in that one of Justin Justin Jefferson. I mean, I understand reaching out the ball and trying to get that score, but just got to have control on that, and which he did until the very last minute went out of bounds, and which caused the argument if the touchback rule on offense is the dumbest rule in the NFL history. Yep. 
but but we've been in so many close games, and now like we were eleven and zero last season in close games. Now we're zero and three. If this is another close game, and especially when it's at Carolina, I don't even know if we're gonna lose. I'm just going with the Vikings, and that's in a story. <laughs> I would think the Vikings should win this one, but I don't know. They might. I think they might have Bryce Young back. But regardless, Andy Dalton had himself a good game last week with 361 yards against the Seattle Seahawks, who have a decent defense, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, but Minnesota, you know what Carolina doesn't have? They don't have the best wide receiver in the na- in the league. Justin Jefferson is a dog. He He's still kind of young, so he still makes some of the he, small mistakes. He is. I mean, but like... But the dude catches about everything that's thrown at him. Um, the only problem is he has Kirk... His Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to him, so um, he's been—I mean, good stats-wise. But I mean, what what is is Kirk number? Kirk is number one in like passing yards, right? Uh, close. He's either passing yards or passing touchdowns. One, two. I saw on Instagram. Justin Jefferson is number one in receiving yards, and Daniel Hunter is second in sacks. You're like you guys have been good. And how's this team zero and three? <laughs> Just bad luck at this point. I mean, you probably shouldn't have lost to Tampa. Philly is expected. Definitely shouldn't have lost last week. So we were so close to the Chargers. I know that's a brutal one to lose, but I think the Vikings should win this one. Just to be honest, I don't think Adam Thielen is, you know, if not, he's no Justin Jefferson in my opinion, and Miles Sanders can't carry the team to victory. And their defense is okay, but nothing incredible. Well, I don't even know to be honest. This is such a like a horrible Vikings fan person, but I don't even know if we have our first round pick, and which we do. Let's just tank for Caleb at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, would hate not? that as I a mean, Lions we, fan. All right, after the Panthers, we play the Chiefs, and then we'll hopefully we'll get a win against the Bears, and then we play the the 49ers. So maybe we'll go two and five. You might have the tough. You have one of the toughest schedules in the league, so it, it's expected. Vikings. Well, actually, I thought they would have been better by now, but you know we are we have we're on a six game losing streak. We have not won a single preseason game. And we have not won yet a regular season game. Yeah, I know, and then you also lost against the Giants at the end of your season last year, so it's a seven-game losing streak, technically. You don't need to bring that up. <laughs> at I'm least going my team to... made the playoffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a low blow, bro. <laughs> All right, this closes out this pick We have the New England Patriots going on the road to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, depending where you are, this could be America's Game of the Week. It also might not be, so I don't know. But this one should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think this one, it's got, I'm going to go with the Cowboys, no doubt. This this will be back at home. You had an embarrassing game against the Cardinals, you know. The Patriots aren't looking too very well. I think Mac, this Mac Jones is still healthy. For some reason, I yeah, thought he was hurt. He is healthy. Um, but, you know, having Trayvon Diggs lost out for the rest of the year and Tyron Smith is now questionable. Zach Martin is still questionable. You know, I still think the Cowboys are more than capable of winning this game. Um, they just had a bad beat last week, and that's and this team's going to be more, more uh, motivated, more determined to hopefully get this win. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys too. I I would take New England, but I don't know because it's Dallas is back at home, coming off a brutal loss, like you said. So like they're going to be hungry, and honestly, I don't watch New England, but they don't really have the the offensive threats, as I think the Cowboys do. Tony Pollard's really good. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, they're all really good. Cowboys should be better. I think they probably should be undefeated, to be honest. And so 
losing Trayvon Diggs will hurt, but I don't think it'll hurt him as much in this game. So I do have the Cowboys winning at least by a score in this one. So, yeah, so that was our NFL pick We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our college football segment. Welcome back to the last take. So we're going to start with our college football segment here. Um, so first, we'll just have any key takeaways we have from week four of college football in general, excluding Nebraska. So I'll have you go first, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty big weekend in football. You know, now we got conference play coming in, really exciting uh, time of the year. You know, a lot of great games actually coming from inside, you know, uh, just a little preview. Um that I'll be giving on my sport on the sports fan show with Anthony Gumat live on KRNU 90.3 Lincoln Alternative Music Thursday on Saturday or on Thursday at seven. Um, but I'm gonna go into the the best conference in all of football right now, which is the Pac-12. Yep, it's um, not even close right it's now. It's not even close. You know, you got like yes, you got half of which is good and half is bad, and then you just have like Colorado in the middle, which is mediocre both. They, they, like, literally are the middle. They split all the good teams from the bad teams. Yeah, because, obviously, like, I, I knew coming into the season that, like, Colorado, they, they're either, like, the biggest boom or bust in college football, but I knew for sure they, they weren't going to hang in with Oregon or USC or even, mm-hmm. like, uh, Washington. They're just not going to hang in with those big dogs quite yet. So, like, did it surprise me that Oregon beat them that much? Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like, I don't. I didn't expect it that bad of a beat out, but at the same time, when you watch like the Dan Laning speeches, and like just the immaturity of the Colorado players, you saw it coming. Mm-hmm. But the game I want to talk about the most uh, was Oregon State and Washington State. This game was a little bit of back and forth. You had uh, Washington State cruising in the first half, but then Oregon State almost came back in that fourth quarter. Um, but Cam Ward. He he's a really good quarterback, 404 yards in the air, and then you know they had their run game going on just a little bit. But Kyle Williams, he had seven receptions, 174 yards, and touchdown. Then Josh Kelly, I believe he's their wide receiver one or two, eight receptions, 159 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, but Oregon State, DJ Ua, I always get his name. Ugalele. Ugalele. Uh, you know, he didn't really play his best game, I thought, but he's done worse in the past. But yeah, this was a really good game uh, overall. I didn't really watch a lot of football because we did have the Nebraska coming right in that mm-hmm. middle 230 slot. Uh, but Arizona almost losing to Stanford is another big one. 21 20 is the final score. Arizona wins. This is like almost a matchup, but probably the worst teams in the Pac 12. Yeah. In, my, in my opinion. I honestly think Arizona could probably be Arizona State. I, I, yes, you can see I don't that. know, though. Arizona State. Arizona State is. USC, though, so I don't know. I, I don't know, though. I mean, those are just really good matchups to watch overall. Um, but, yeah, th- I mean, those are my biggest. That's one of my biggest takes for sure. Uh, Clemson also giving Florida State a little bit of their money's worth, you know, uh, having to go into overtime. Is a really big one, but the really big thing I was I'm gonna talk about. I'm pretty sure you're gonna bring this up too. 
Ohio State winning on like the final play of the game, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame had ten players on the field. Final two plays. Final two people. plays. They had ten men on the field, and I'm for some reason I'm still hesitant about Ohio State. I am too because their offense isn't incredible. I mean, they struggled against a, a reasonably a good defense with Notre Dame, but you're going to have to play a Penn State and Michigan re, uh, later this year. You have to go on the road to Purdue. I'm not saying Purdue is anything good. I'm just saying you have a lot of tough games left to go, and it's and, not it's not going to get easier on the way. And so. granted, Iowa also has like still a bad offense because Caden McNamara is just not himself. Yeah, Mary was in Michigan, but Penn State shut out Iowa as if like they were playing a high school team. Yeah, it was just. Penn State is probably the most all-around besides besides Washington, the most all-around team in all of college football. That's bold, but yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, Penn State's one of those teams you cannot overlook. These Michigan and Ohio State got to be careful with this team. Penn State is a, one of those sneaky teams that can make a run here later in the year when they have to play both Ohio State and uh, Michigan in November. So yeah, I mean, well, the, the good thing about Penn State, they do have Michigan at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty. I guarantee you, Fox Big Noon kickoff's got to be at this one. Yeah, they'll be at that one since they already did their wideout. So yeah, but I mean, Penn State's a really good team. I think I personally have them winning. You have them no. winning? Okay. No, I don't actually because I think I have them losing to Michigan. But what I've seen from this team, Drew Aller, he's gonna win the Heisman next year. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's such a good player, and they still have. Uh, Nico Singleton, they still have their other running back who they else they have. Katron Holland. That's who the guy is. And then they have Keandre Lambert-Smith. Exactly. Really so good. they're just very, very well dominant on the offensive side, and defense can back it up. Watch out for that Penn State Nittany Lions team. Yeah. Um, Drew Aller's good, but I'm, and he might win the Heisman next year, but I want to talk about this year. Michael Penix Jr., has to be by far the the he, front runner he for is Heisman the front right runner, now. No doubt, he went off on Saturday. I mean, he's gone off the entire year. Three hundred four yards last week in a fifty nine to thirty two win over the Cal Golden Bears. Um, he went four touchdowns, only one interception. That I seen the one interception. Uh, it's not the greatest throw, but it was also really early in the game. Um, and also, the funny part about this Washington team before he even stepped on the field, he. Uh, they had uh, they were already up fourteen nothing. So, with a interception return on the uh, oh, first yeah. drive, I do remember seeing that now. Uh, the first drive, and then um, then I also had a uh, punt return for a touchdown as well. So before before he got on the uh, got his first offensive touchdown of the game with two minutes to go on the first. So and I was talking with Charlie about this too because he was on the radio he was on the radio show last week when we talked about this. Also, you can listen to the sports fan show on Spotify wherever you find your podcast. Uh, to listen to this, but uh, Charlie mentioned that like Michael Penix Jr. hasn't even played in the fourth quarter besides this Cal game, which I th- yep. I think he did. Like he's been pulled out of games, and heck, yet you say three hundred four yards. Yes, that's a pretty good game. Other game, he's thrown over four hundred yards in other games before. Yeah, he leads the country with sixteen hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, and only two interceptions on the year, and leads the country in his QBR with ninety three point seven. And he's only been sacked one time. Yep. I mean, Washington can very well. I don't Make say easily because you still have USC, Oregon, or- Oregon State, Washington State, and uh, all those teams. 
but watch out for Washington to make it to the Pac-12 championship, win it, and sneakily maybe get into the playoffs. Yeah, they they can make a run here. Um, we'll get we'll go over this here. It's the last game on the pick'em, but or one of the. Oh, actually, I guess I didn't put it on there. Never mind. But uh, you can't can't overlook this week for Washington. You can't go. I know it's Arizona, but it's on the road. It is a, it is a trap game. It is a it's trap a game. It's a Pac-12 after a dark game. You can't overlook this one. But I will give the benefit of the doubt for them in this one. But uh, another thing I, over, um, I really thought was really interesting this week was, um, what was it? Alabama having an offense for a bit. They kind of looked a little better. Um, There's no reason why they should have benched Jalen Milrow. That was probably the worst decision um, Nick Saban could have made. And he was saying that like he promised all the quarterbacks playing time. You re- like, I don't understand right. why at that point you do that. It could be because it was USF and like you were you're getting ready for conference play. But like I just don't understand why you say you've been like. So say this: if Jalen Milrow beat Texas, would he probably still start for USF? Yeah, probably. He would have started. Yeah. So I just don't understand why he says, you know, you need – I promise these guys playing time, and then, well, they got their playing time, and they didn't do a very good job, so just keep Jalen Monroe a quarterback. So. Yeah, and then the final two things I have on uh, last week, uh, it was the two night game for night games for the Big Ten, Indiana and Akron and Northwestern Minnesota. You wouldn't think this, these would be games you want to talk about after the – after uh, overlooking the weekend, but or looking over the weekend, but Indiana and Akron went to four overtimes. Uh, I don't know how Indiana won this game. It was Akron. Akron played really well. They played their hearts out. Unfortunately, losing and when they have to do the two point conversions mm-hmm. and that, I hate that rule. But um, I don't. I don't mind it honestly. I, I like it like a normal overtime, but you know, can't really can't have like eight overtimes anymore so it's kind of yeah no but I, I still like it because like it it is a true or die situation you're not giving teams to drop like to have that drive mm-hmm. and then also it just shortens the game a lot yeah it's just more of a tv sport once again i, I really don't know it's i got mixed feelings about it but i also like it at the same time yeah and then that lot the other night game <laughs> another wow uh northwestern Upsets Minnesota at home in overtime. They came back. They were down thirty-one to ten in the third quarter, and they came back and won that game. Um, it just says a lot about what the Big Ten West is this year. It's just going to be a bloodbath of I don't know who's going to come out at the end. It could be Nebraska. It could be Illinois. It could be somehow. It could be Purdue. Northwestern's not out of it right now. Um, I, there's no clear favorite. Uh, mid, uh, Wisconsin's not as impressive as a lot of people were thinking. I mean, they play Purdue, but Purdue doesn't have a defense. If you're going to pick a favorite, it's probably Wisconsin as much as it's people Wisco- hate it. It's Wisconsin or Iowa because Wisconsin uh, – or I'm going to go back for Iowa, actually, because Iowa has one of the best defense in the country still. I just – the lack of offense might hurt Well, it's, it's the lack of offense as well. I – and yes, Brian Ferentz does need to be out of there. There's no reason why he should still be coaching this point next year. But like Cade McNamara has not been himself because he's been dealing with that quad injury, mm-hmm. and they they haven't really done a good job of treating it very well. You know, there's an interview I saw where she's like, so "Tell us about the injury." Like, it's better, and that's all I got to say about that. You know, it's just like, okay, what? Like, I don't know. 
I just still think, though, Iowa is always that team that goes 8-4, and 7-5 every year, and they're always contending for a spot in the Big Ten West and made, make up in some easy easy bowl game. So, Yeah, I don't know. I almost, I'm not saying their offense was really bad last year, but this offense has been really, really bad this year. So I know they put up 41 against Western Michigan, but a lot of that wasn't even the offense to begin with. So, um I don't know. We'll see. So they start. We all start Big Ten play this week, so should be fun. Uh, yeah. So segueing in, uh, we can talk about Nebraska football. The Huskers got the victory, twenty-eight to fourteen against LA Tech. Not, not really. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it it, it was it wasn't pretty. pretty in, but it's in a my dog. mind, it's twenty-eight to seven because that was a garbage time touchdown coming off a fifty-seven minute lightning delay. Um, I'm sure that we just didn't want to play anymore. I can understand, but well, it was just like the final drive with NIU. Like we literally did not care. We had the win. Just, yeah, we just yeah. put him in. So. Yeah, I do. I will say this: it was very poetic having Dakotas Crawford get hit in the face and cause the final interception of the game. This uh, that sealed it pretty much. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty poetic. Um, so, couple things. Um, what did you find was good, mid, or bad, or in bad? So I'm going to start with the good. First of all, uh, this defense is looking solid under Tony White. Uh, it's a lot better than, was it Bill Bush last year? Uh, for most of the year. He was actually pretty good. It was uh, Eric Shenander. Eric Sh- yes, yes, it was Eric Shenander. But, like, I mean, we the defense was really good. I mean, the 46 rushing yards, you know, has been in our strong suit of not allowing a lot of yards on the ground. Which yeah, number th- one rush defense in the country. Which the three, the, the three, three, five does a really good job because you know you have all those players expanding on the secondary and just funneling into where the ball is, and then it protects the pass as well. Um, the mid was just. I don't know, just like I don't want to say the lack of offense because we, you know, put up 14 and we put up 21 in the second half. But the way that we started against NIU and the way we started against Louisiana Tech were two different teams. Yep. Like with NIU, we it, it's like what a lot of last year was. You came out firing, everything was working, and you go with a score. This first was first possession was well, we drove a little bit, then had a punt. We had one first down and then punted. We did yeah. that like multiple times. So, so it's just get the ball rolling. And I understand that, like, uh, uh, don't know what to say. Anyways, um, I don't want to take too much of your editing as well. That's no. Uh, the the bad and ugly is probably. Uh, I think there's a clear cut favorite in this one. I mean, well, also, I'm gonna go back to the or one more good thing. Anthony Grant, he's done a really good job with taking over yeah i mean he he started last year and then you know uh gabe Irvin jr is back and healthy and you know he's got a lot of potential ramir johnson he's the speedster both these guys are out anthony grant comes in uh heinrich harbour can just run the ball crazy he's seen those long long runs that he's had too um, bad one of those was called back yeah that was really bad um but I think the bad thing now that we're I'm thinking about it was it's probably a little bit of special teams. Mm-hmm. You know they almost had a kickoff for a turn that you know could have been tied at 14, but it got holding. You just got to clean those Thank up gosh. a little bit. Um, well, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but then one more thing, I just think the passing offense we got to get more open so that way, once you establish the run game, you can. Uh, no, when you establish the passing game, sorry, 
you can open up your playbook to play action. And then, therefore, you know, you could run the ball a lot more. You could have a triple option going on. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was pretty much my a lot of my takeaway. Yeah, so I'd say a good a good thing has been um, the defense. Defense, like you said, has been very consistent. Number one rush defense in the country. The only thing I have a little issue and I'm a little scared about is the pass defense. It's kind of been okay this year. Um, we're top 100, which is still not great. But, I mean... It definitely could be better, and we have a um, a heck of a matchup this weekend, so that will be a little scary with the pass defense rushing. I mean, we've done well, number one rush defense in the country, only average or only allowing one point eight yards a carry, which is really really good, and I've been very impressed with that. Mid, it's kind of been, I'd say special teams would go mid. Um, I'll throw special teams and offense. Offense has been really mid this year. I mean, the rush rushing's been really well. I mean, top ten in the country in yards uh, per game in rushing, but passing's been well, not the greatest. I mean, it's not been our strong suit because we have guys. We don't who, have the guys to get that can we get open. Harburg does have an arm, but can be questionable at some points. Mm-hmm. And it's been okay. Rushing's been really good. I mean, Harburg, like a, and. Anthony Grant had been really good this year, so or at least last week. So, and then the bad, it's cl- it's clear cut the offensive line specifically. Not trying to like bash on him, but like Turner Corcoran, come on, man, why is this guy still starting? In my opinion, I know Prohaska, he's uh, overcoming an injury. And he's you know six ten, so he's injury prone to begin with. But it really sucks because Turner Corcoran cannot block for crap. And really, honestly, Ben Scott has been kind of mid since week one. And the only really guys that have been doing something is Ethan Piper, sort of, and no Lee, no Lee Bryce Benhart's been okay. He's been a lot better than last year. So there's something there. But it's always something we need to re- work on. And play calling goes into that, too, because play calling's been really bad, too, in my opinion. Um Marcus Satterfield's a little too vanilla with some of his play calls, so that needs to get better, especially this week. So I'll use that as a segue. The number two Michigan Wolverines are in town. Uh, was big noon until two weeks ago. Uh, they flexed it to 2.30 because, well, USC and Colorado is more important in Fox's eyes because, quote Dan Lanning here, all they care about is the clicks. So, I mean, I mean at first, you know, it understood, it understood with TCU, mm-hmm. and then it understood with Nebraska. Yeah. It did not understand with Colorado State. It didn't, it, it understood with Oregon, but then with this one, I think— This is our third time being in Boulder in four weeks. Well, Big Noon Kickoff has only followed Colorado all year, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, this week was the only one they didn't, in which pretty it much. W- it was what? What game Cincinnati, was Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Oh, boy. That was okay. It was twenty to six. I mean, it wasn't a bad, but like there, I feel like there's a lot better games to go to than they didn't want to go. They didn't want to go to Oregon since, uh, yeah, they didn't want to go. No, but like BYU, Kansas. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was a lot better game in my opinion. Well, obviously it was. Yeah. So, I mean, but Fox Big Noon kickoff, they do their thing. Um, But going back to the game itself, because that's what really matters. (laughs) It's Michigan. They've been very, very dominant over the past three seasons. 
including this year. J.J. McCarthy has looked a little bit better, not insanely a lot, but just a little bit better this year than he has last year. Mm-hmm. Blake Corum hasn't really gone into the explosive player he has been with only 351 rushing yards, but eight touchdowns on the ground. Um, and they have a passing offense, which we kind of don't. Yeah. Um, the thing for me, though, that it's really going to come down to is which defense is, uh, which defense are we going to see? Is it going to be more of the Colorado Nebraska defense that we saw, and Shadir Sanders really just exploded that? Which he didn't really play a very good game until that second half. Uh, a lot of that was the fatigue due due to the altitude. So honestly, yeah. I don't even blame that on the defense. It's because they played their hearts out. I mean, they did a very good job. But also, are we gonna like Minnesota? They had um, just looking up how many turn- turnovers they had. They've only had one. Tur- Minnesota only had one turnover, which was an interception by Omar Manning. Um, Omar Brown. Omar he used to be a wide receiver. <laughs> Omar uh, Manning was a receiver last year. So. Or two years ago. I didn't know that. Um, I just thought for some reason Omar Manning has just been playing secondary this whole li- his whole life. No. Huh. Bad Husker fan, guys. I've only been in it for like one it, year. So. It's okay. No big deal. Um, but yeah, you know, Michigan, they've, once again, going uh, back to the Wolverines here, uh, they're just so good offensively. You know, they do have Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Uh, one, two in the backfield, and they also have uh, uh, Roman Wilson at wide receiver, who's been playing pretty, pretty well uh, these last couple games. Not like p- really good pop off stats, but six he, touchdowns sticks out. It it does a lot. So, um, uh, defense has got to be a really good, really good job in holding. Uh, the pass defense is the really big concerning thing for me. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, you know, he has a little under 1,000 yards. Sorry if I'm also rambling. There you go. Um, but if we can stop Blake Corum and we can stop Donovan Edwards, they have to go more to the air, which is going to help help a lot more of our secondary get their confidence up, I'm hoping. But it's all going to b- depend on that first half. The mm-hmm. first half is really going to be the story. Can Nebraska be the NIU first half, or are we going to see the Louisiana Tech where it gets slow, get going, and then, okay, we score. It's tied, and then we'll ramble on the second half because we can't play catch up with Michigan. We have no. to be possession, possession. Every matters. Keep the football in your hands. Don't turn it over. Keep marching. Fight for yards. And it's it's going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really good dogfight. Um. So yeah, that it, it. Yeah, that's all I got. So yeah. Um. You want me to give your prediction on this one? Uh, I'm going to have you share your thoughts first on this. So. Okay. So this one should be interesting. The Bus and Bowl, Barstool, the game, <laughs> uh, the Barstool College Football Show will be here. Bus and will be here. It'll be uh, Fox is here, I guess. Uh, Jason and Eddie and Brock Hurd will be on the call. They already announced that. But this one, uh, this could go either two ways. It's going to get a, it's going to be a blowout, Michigan all the way. Or Nebraska keeps it close, but I don't really see. I could see a situation where we win, but realistically, I don't think we will. I don't think we have a good enough offense in this. I think we could really like hurt them on the in the run. Um, they've, I mean, eighty yards a game, but they've struggled, and this is their first true road game. They have not played on the road. That they is played true. Four straight home games. That is true. 
this could be a little interesting. It's Jim Harbaugh's second game back. It um, JJ McCarthy. I mean, he's good, but he's not. He's not like popping off like people said he would. Uh, eight touchdowns compared to three interceptions, but those two of those came against Bowling Green. Yeah, Bowling yeah, Green's say, not the greatest team in the country. No. So. Well, Michigan's offense has been averaging about like 32 points per game uh, yeah. in, the, in the last four games. Ours, actually, sorry, um, JJ McCarthy's all three interceptions came against Bowling Green. Yeah, so they scored 31 on Bowling Green. They scored 31 on Rutgers, but their def- defense held them to single digits. All their teams, granted, they have been very good, have been held under single digits. So. That's another thing that pops out. Yeah, um, I'd like to see us control the um, the time of possession. We have to if we want to win this game. Um, running the ball, establishing the run, like I said, it will be it will go a long way. But I need to see the passing game. This this offense, if we want to win, we got to throw the ball too. We can't just run the ball and win the game. You can't. Not against Michigan. Not the, no. against the number two co- team in the country that. A lot of people say they're going to win the national championship this year, so you cannot do that. And it's unfortunate that this is not a night game, because uh, if this was a night game, this would be a whole other ball game. But it's not. It's a two thirty kick, which is probably the worst kickoff time that we could have. So, um, but yeah, this one should be, should be interesting. So, um, go ahead, Anthony. What's your prediction? How will go? Oh man, what I mean- will happen in your score? I mean, what's going to happen? I think Michigan's going to start off very, very strong. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is going to find some uh, holes open that, in that zone. Watch out for Blake Corum to pop up. Just have one big run throughout the whole game. That sets everything apart. Um, but this run defense, or this the pass defense, excuse me, the run defense doesn't concern me whatsoever. Yeah. It's the pass defense that allows over 251 yards per game against teams such as Minnesota, NIU, Louisiana Tech. Colorado's the exception because this win Shadir Sanders was good. He still is, but now yeah. we're getting into conference play. But that's really concerning, and we're playing against one of the top quarterbacks, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. Michigan, I, I'm going to go with Michigan by 17. 17? You have a specific score? Uh, we no. like to keep track of I mean, scores. I mean, okay, if— Maybe not by 17. I'm going to go Michigan, like, I'm going to say, like, 38 to 38, 14 or something like that, which okay. it would be, no. I don't know. Yeah, you got you got your phone. You got your phone. You can do the math. Yeah, it makes sense. So, uh, uh, so before I go, uh, Blake, his pick, since he couldn't come on, I forgot to do the NFL, but I'll keep track of it and let you guys know next week. But Blake... His score prediction for this one, he has the Michigan Wolverines winning 35-10. to 10. I can see it. So, yeah, my prediction. I actually think both these teams are horrible in the first half. Both teams are horrific. So both teams struggle in the first half. It's going to be close in the first half. It's going to be like Colorado. I don't think it will be that bad, like 3 nothing. I don't think it will be like to that um, point, but... I think Michigan might like start trying to settle the run, see if they can get anything against the rush defense. Personally, I don't think we should worry about the rush defense. Blake Corum is good. He's a really good running back. He's going to be a future NFL running back. But I think our rush defense, we just have enough players, enough athletes to stop him. Um, I'm just, like you said, I'm a little scared with the passing, but I don't think the passing will really be shown really in the first half. 
Um, maybe JJ McCarthy tries like a couple like dinking um dump offs and see what they can get in the open field. Yeah, but just watch a little bit of RPOs early in the first quarter. Yeah, that's gonna be the scary part. Um and we kind of struggle against Louisiana Tech with that type of stuff, so at first. Um but I definitely think this will be close in the first half. But second half, we might like maybe do something in the second half, Nebraska, but Michigan should play better in the second half like they have all year. So my final score will be thirty eight to twenty. I think I think it will be close, like maybe like ten to fourteen at half. Michigan's winning, and then we kind of—I mean, we score ten points the second half, and they kind of run away with it. So mm-hmm. they get an eighteen-point victory. So yeah, thirty-eight twenty is my score prediction for this one. So I say that, two, two more things before we go on. Number one, if we run the option, if if Harburg is still the quarterback, which I—I I believe he I, is, he should be, which I assume he is. But watch how Michigan defends the option, and then number two. Um, I think we got to get if we're gonna do a passing game, we got to get more receivers involved. I want to see some Malachi Coleman action. Say like Malachi Coleman, will be a very good one. I think we got to get some Mar- Marcus Washington and yes. come involved. Like Billy Kemp, he's he's a good he's good speedster for sure. He's not even the fastest guy. He's just a good slot guy. Yeah, he just he he finds the good holes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the defense, but we just got to get more guys involved some way. Yeah. So expect maybe something. We come out on fire, maybe. Maybe we want to win this game, and we do. So you never know. Michigan, it is on the road. It, it is a trap game for Michigan. It is yeah. a trap game. I don't game. think they'll lose. Just to be honest, I don't think we're good enough for that yet, but should be it should be a fun one. So, yeah, that was our college football like takeaways slash Nebraska football segment. We'll take one more quick break before we move on to the pick'em. Welcome back to the last take. So we're gonna do our college football pick I'm here. So so right before I go here, um, we're going over the standings after last week's games. I'm still in first place, 33 and 11 on the year. Blake's number two, 28 and 16. He's caught up a little bit. He had a good week last week compared to my six and four. Nah, it was okay. <laughs> I had made some upset picks that didn't happen, like UCF, Kansas State. So yeah, um, I can see that. Did you pick UCF? I did because I thought John Reese Plumley was going to play, but he ended up not. I think they probably would have won that game if they had him. But. Gotcha. Uh, so we had, if you guys hadn't listened to last week's, uh, make sure you do that. But um, we had Jake and Trevor on last week. We have a new number one guest stand uh, standing, or number one uh, guest standing. Yeah. So no, uh, new number one, Jake went nine and one last week, which is impressive. Um, beating out Justice's eight and two. I didn't think that was ever going to get broken, to be honest, because some of these games you just can't predict. I mean, nine and one is going to be hard to do now, especially yeah. when we're in conference play. Yeah, um, unless you go undefeated. So. I'm hoping for, it, but don't know if I will. <laughs> yeah. So Jake's number one with nine and one. Justice is number two, eight and two. Logan is seven and three. Trevor went six and four last week, and then Charlie week one went five and five. Five and five, I mean, week one was a really tough week to pick. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to hop right in. Um, 
First game of the week for the pick'em. Number 10, Utah coming off a 14-7 victory over the UCLA Bruins. Go on the road into Corvallis to take on the number 19 Oregon State Beavers on a Friday night game on Fox Sports 1. Yeah, this game is going to be very interesting for sure. Uh, Utah hasn't played up to their full potential the literally the entire season because of the missing of Cam Rising. Uh, pretty sure he still is out, correct? I don't know for this week, but he was out last week. So I know I, I knew he was out last week, but oh man, this this is why college football is so great. You literally don't even know who you're gonna pick, and especially if we're now in the, this is weird saying out of my mouth, but the Pac-12 is the greatest college football conference this season. Normally, you hear that with the SEC, but not this year with the the Tupac finale. Um, anyways. The storyline for this one is which uh, matchup is going to be better, Oregon State's offense or in Utah's defense, or the flip side of that. If Oregon State's going to want to win this game, DJ has to play a much better game than what they did last week. Granted, they almost came back and beat Washington State. Their offense is very well capable of of winning this game. Utah, on the other hand, they've had very close ones, including almost uh, a very good, a very very scareful scare uh, to Baylor, which they won twenty to three, and then you know twenty to thirteen. Twenty thirteen, my bad. Yeah, you're good. Um, and then UCLA fourteen to seven. This is it's going to come down to defense, in my opinion, but also Oregon State has a better offense. I've been high riding on Oregon State's tail all year. I'm going to go with the Beavers in this one. Give me Oregon State at home. Yeah, um, this one will be very interesting. One thing is Utah's defense has played very well this year. Um, they're a lot of times been a reason why they stay in games, but offensively they've been okay. Uh, Nate Johnson's, you know, been all right when he's, he's stepped in for Cam Rising. Um, I'm just curious whenever he's going to come back, man. I mean, we're already five. This is the fifth game of the year, and he's not back yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but Utah's managed to win games even though they don't have them. I mean, beat a good UCLA team last week. You went on the road and played Baylor. I mean, still not, they're still not horrible. It's just, it's a power five opponent, and you single-handedly took down Florida, who's a ranked team now, so. um, And then granted, also Florida is good because they beat Tennessee, which we'll get on later on when we pick them on, but. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry yeah, so that. this game should be interesting. Um, Oregon State has a really, really good offense with D, uh, DJ Ugalele and Damian Martinez. They're very, very good. Damian Martinez, I mean, he only has one touchdown, but has a lot of yards this year on the ground. So should be interesting. I'm going to take Utah because they still keep winning games, and I think, personally, I think they're better than Oregon State, and I think their defense will come, in, come up big in this one. So, yeah, give me the youths in this one. Okay. And then uh, Blake... Took Utah on this one. Uh, he has no notes on it, so he just took Utah. So, okay. uh, moving on, um, this game could have been a lot. I mean, bigger with rankings wise if last week didn't happen. But number eight USC is going on the road into Boulder, Colorado, to take on prime time in Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes with Big Noon once again. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, Colorado, you can't. I understand if like you don't like them at all, but you can't deny of how big this team has become and probably will be on later on uh, if Dion decides to stay uh, in, in the near future or in the far future, whatever. 
But this team went from horrific to the biggest light and biggest story in all of college football. Um, however, one thing they forget to notice, and this is my concern from week zero or week one in college football, was how good the defense was going to be. You see, you people were talking about uh, their offense going to be essential and one of the best in the country. Well, their defense, I think, is still bottom tier, allowing over horrible four hundred seventy. Five yards per game. And USC offense, 569. Give me the Trojans easily. Uh, yeah, the Trojans are favored by 21 and a half, uh, being a road favorite, which is impressive enough. Um, I think Colorado might, I said this last week, thinking that it would happen, but I think Colorado might start off hot, coming off a bad loss last week. But Because USC's defense isn't anything great either. I mean, they're good enough to win games, but I think the offense will come. It will come down to that Colorado defense not having Travis Hunter. Probably it. I know, Travis Hunter is a good player, as much as people say he's not. I think he's a much better defender than he's on offense, and he is a big loss for them. And I, I'm just gonna say this now: Caleb Williams, he is. Uh, yeah, he's Caleb Williams. He can he's, easily. He's the best he can, quarterback in the country. He can My, easily win the Heisman again. Honestly, if it wasn't for Michael Penix, um, I personally think Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country, but I think Michael Penix has the best performance so far, and that's why he's number one in the Heisman race. But Caleb Williams by far is the best quarterback in the country. Colorado does not have a defense to stop that. So, yeah, give me the Trojans big. You you mentioned USC not having a defense. Watch this game. Or in order for Colorado, Colorado to win games, especially like this, they got to play shootout football. They did not hang in very well with Oregon because Oregon does have a defense. USC doesn't. Oregon's just a bunch of track athletes. That's what they are. So well, they they win football games still. I mean, yeah. no, I was just saying that they just win. They just kill you with speed. So exactly. Like. So, but ju- just watch out. This game might be very interesting because USC doesn't really have a good defense compared to Oregon. But Colorado has to play shootout football on the offensive side. And Shadur Sanders, by gosh. You cannot get sacked seven times in one game. And That's still, not his fault, though. His offensive line is so His bad. offensive line is terrible, but still. <laughs> yeah, uh, but USC should win this big. I, they might even cover 21.5. So. Uh, moving on, number 22, Florida is going on the road to Kroger Field to take on the undefeated Kentucky Wildcats. This one should be interesting. Kentucky is very underrated, actually, in my opinion. You got... I mean, granted, you don't play a lot of good high teams as just like Florida did. But the thing, everyone stands out to Tennessee when the Florida, and pretty much Tennessee is built on how Joe Milton can play that that year, because we've seen question marks later on this season with Tennessee when uh, they lost to Clemson. They also lost to South Carolina last year because Joe Milton didn't play good in that atmosphere. Uh. Kentucky has a quarterback named Devin Leary, who was a NC State transfer, who you were pretty high on last year. Yeah, he was a Heisman candidate uh, halfway through the year last year. Yeah, and he he's not a Heisman candidate this year. Before much. he got injured, I should say yep. that too. So, because but he has over a thousand yards in the air, nine touchdowns. I mean, t- you got to take care of the football with those five interceptions he has within those four games. If you can calm it down a little bit, and uh, hopefully your defense can step a little bit. It's going to be interesting for sure. I just don't know how good Florida is going to be. I mean, granted, they they beat Kentucky at home. This is their first conference road game. Kentucky is very, very good at home. 
Um, but there's still big question marks, question marks for Mertz. That works too. Um, with me, anyways, I'm gonna go with Kentucky in this one. I'm I'm gonna pull up the upset. I don't even care if I lose this one. Um, yeah, I kind of think the same thing. I think Kentucky's gonna win this game. Um, I think they're just better, and they also have Florida's number lately. They I don't know how many in a row they've if they've gotten more than uh, more than one in a row, but. They've uh, at least in the last five years, I remember Kentucky's been kind of dominating this rivalry. Um, Devin Leary, I think he's a way better quarterback than Graham Mertz. I know he has the five interceptions, but Graham Mertz hasn't been anything special this year. Um, he's been better than he was at Wisconsin, but it's not really a high. Uh, he's not uh, really a high. Not a high guy, but it's not a high bar that he set at Wisconsin. <laughs> so. Um, the only thing I do will say with Florida is their running back Trevor Etienne is really good, so that'll be an interesting thing for Kentucky's defense to stop. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think Kentucky's going to win this game. And um, if I know I didn't say this earlier, if you guys listen to this podcast, you know Blake is taking USC big. Uh, he hates Colorado as, <laughs> as I as I, me. as I do too. So. But uh, with this one, he is taking Florida with this one. Okay. So he's the only one f- with Florida this week, I, at least with who I will on, mention so. this one more time. One thing, Ray Davis, running back of Kentucky. You mentioned uh, ETN. ETN Trevor, brother of Travis, who plays for the Jaguars. Ray Davis has the equally amount of stats with 50 carries, 314 yards, five touchdowns, though, compared to ETN's two. So. Keep out a lookout for Kentucky, in my opinion. But yeah, I like Kentucky in this one. Uh, moving on, uh, this one's uh, sneaky a little bit. Uh, number 24, Kansas. They're ranked again two years in a row at some point as after starting 4-0. It's going on the road in Austin to take on the number three Texas Longhorns. Oh, I don't know. I, oh, man. I mean, we. I remember last year being in this very same podcast and not being high on Kansas whatsoever. Oh, oh! Before you go, I'm just gonna say this now. Kansas. Last time they played Texas in Austin, Kansas won. Kansas did win that. Texas though is a lot better than they were two years ago. Yeah, when they, Casey Thompson was their quarterback. Yeah, I know. in that game, um, Quinn years. They had Hudson Card then. Oh, so. oh yeah, they did. Casey, Casey was three. Casey years? was a starter, and then they had Hudson Card. In the back, yes, the backup two years yep, ago. Because Hudson Card just always has been a backup. Now he's a starter at Purdue, who I thought was going to do big things, but hasn't really shown me anything yet. Yep. Um, Quinn years, he has improved a lot compared to last year. However, this is like their two first tests because Baylor was more of like a we're going to put it on the side game. Didn't really uh, play that phenomenal against still, Baylor from what I saw, but you still got to win. You got a 32-point win. Uh, they, they were scared against Wyoming, but once again, you pulled off in the fourth quarter because this is just so – this team is much better in the past. I I really can't decide. This is almost like a coin flip for me, and this is Kansas. Out of all schools, Kansas. I'm going to still go with Texas because I personally think that Texas is a lot better than what they were last year. Kansas, uh, this is probably where we're going to see them go in their downhill spot. But Jalen Daniels, he is a really good player. If he had his stats up were a little bit more, he would be in that Heisman conversation a little bit. But uh, Texas can pretty much only contain one guy named Devin Neal, and they have a very good rush defense. So I'm going to go with the Longhorns. Yeah, I think Texas should win this one. Realistically, I don't think Kansas is good enough. 
Um, they just really haven't showed me anything. I mean, who have they played? BYU, good football team, I guess. Nevada, almost lost on the road. You beat Illinois. I don't think Illinois is as good as they could be. Illinois then, is very much under G for me this year. Yeah, they're not very good this year, in my opinion. And then you play Missouri State, which is Missouri State. So compared to Texas, who's played Alabama on the road. And, and then, got, a, got a dub there. And then you went on the road to Baylor, and you took care of business. So, And I just think Texas's defenses, I think they're going to do a lot better. Um, and I don't think Kansas is good enough to win this game. So give me the Longhorns. I might regret that. But uh, uh, Blake also takes Texas in this one. So uh, moving on. This one, this is SEC football right here. Number 13, LSU. Coming off a uh, very nice victory last week. Got a little close there, but against Arkansas. Goes on the road, and to take on the number 20 Ole Miss Rebels who are coming off a tough loss to Alabama. Yeah, I mean, last even just last year, you would look at this game, this is primetime CBS on 230 with the best theme song of all time. Not um, anymore. What you you still don't think CBS is the best? In- no, song? I'm just saying it's not SEC oh. really. It's not SEC really anymore. No, because so. this game's now on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's not on CBS like it would be probably last year. I wonder what is the CBS at two thirty. Go ahead. I thought you were saying the CBS theme no, song is not that. the best. I'm like, how do you not say that's the best? Georgia uh, Auburn's the two thirty CBS. I can see that. I see this game a lot better, honestly. But it is a night game, so that's one perk to it. But anyways, back to the football. Yeah. Ole Miss, tough loss against Alabama because Jalen Monroe is now back. Uh, Jackson Dart kind of froze um, a little bit. That's a good Alabama defense. Very good Alabama defense. LSU, still some questions in the air. You know, you the first half performance against Florida State was phenomenal. The second half wasn't so much. Close game with Arkansas. Arkansas is a pretty good Arkansas football team. is still a pretty good football team. Though. They're not going to win the SEC for sure, but they can hang in with the big dogs such as LSU, mm-hmm. as we just saw. Oh, man, 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 man. So many options. I'm going to go with LSU in this one. I I think Jackson Dart, yes, this this does help that they're back at home, but I still think for some reason, though, he's still going to freeze up uh, within the lights. I'm going to see. I'm going to call it right here. He's going to throw two picks in that game. Uh, so give me the Tigers in that one. Yeah, this one should be fun. Uh, it's probably going to be a shootout, to be honest. Uh, defenses are not really that great for both sides, at least statistically. So um, this one will be fun. I think Ole Miss will come out on fire. They're going to want to win this game, coming off a tough loss on the road last week. LSU's coming off a close win at home, like I said. Like we said, this one will be really close. Uh, Blake has Ole Miss winning this one. I'm going to take Ole Miss too okay. with a grain of salt, but I think Ole Miss sh- might win this game, especially it's a home game, a night game, SEC rivalry. I think Ole Miss, I think they're a lot better this year than they were last year. So, yeah, give me the Rebels in this one. I mean, once again, not a bad pick. It's also like yeah. just going to the game. We just went over with Texas and Kansas. Like, it's not really a bad pick. It's just, yeah, it's more of a coin flip. So, yeah, uh, this one. This next one. This next one's not a coin flip. This one's kind of like a freebie for us. I just threw it on there because it's kind of interesting because it's one of those games you can't overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State coming off a nice victory over Oklahoma State last week, scoring over 20 points somehow, both sides actually. 
uh, beating Oklahoma State 34 to 27, goes on the road into Norman to take on the number 14 Oklahoma Sooners. Like we said earlier, it's coming off a road victory over Cincinnati. Uh, I am a Cyclone fan. I will say that I love Iowa State University, uh, but Oklahoma. I've got to face it fast. Oklahoma is just a much better football team. They have had Iowa. Iowa State has pulled off upsets with Oklahoma in the past. Especially with like when Spencer Rattler was a quarterback over there, when Baker Mayfield was a quarterback over there, uh, but Dale, but Dylan Gabriel, uh, abs- I, he poured it on in the Cyclones last year because I would say it was just a terrible football team last year. Uh, this team is slightly better than last year's though, in my opinion. Granted, we don't have the offense because we're also relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have Rocco Beck, a quarterback who's a tr- like who's a freshman, but. If we can get Jalen Knoll and Jay Higgins involved, just like what we did last week, almost scared uh, victory against Oklahoma State. Uh, didn't really get to watch that game, unfortunately, because of the Nebraska game. Of the Nebraska game. Uh, but we cut the, cut the tail end of it. Thank you for that lightning delay. Um, <laughs> but Oklahoma's offense is just so much better. I'm surprised they scored only 20 to Cincinnati. I thought they scored a lot more. Uh, Stats say they probably scored by they would have won by a lot more, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. Their offense is just too powerful, and the Cyclones' offense is gonna be able to catch up. Yeah, uh, Blake has Oklahoma, but um, Oklahoma's winning this one. Uh, I don't really think Iowa State. I mean, nice win last week. You beat Oklahoma State, but is Oklahoma State, who's one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve this year, in my opinion, they don't have a consistent quarterback they have like three that they've been playing this year maybe even four if you count walk-ons so like uh they're just not anything good this year and i think oklahoma being at home this one shouldn't be close uh, i think Oklahoma. i think dylan gabriel just repeat of last year pouring it on uh, iowa state we could see a lot of points being put up for oklahoma in this one i think they cover 20 don't I say it probably will be a twenty point game, but also don't be surprised if it's if it's, it's closer if it's yeah. closer than that. Because I like just why I mentioned Iowa State in the past has held Oklahoma very close, you know. I I still think back because when Matt Campbell was hired in twenty seventeen, you know, they beat Oklahoma. That's like this the really good game that still stands out, one of the biggest upsets in college football. Yep. Uh the la- the next time they played at Norman, Jalen Hurts was the quarterback. Iowa State almost came back and won that game if it wasn't for a two-point conversion. Uh, and then uh, here we go again, you know, back in Norman. It's going to be close, I feel like, but also I still don't think that uh, cycling offense yet is to the level of Oklahoma. I'm yeah. not saying it will be in the next year, but yeah. just with a young team. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so moving on. ESPN's College Game Day Game of the Week. Number 11, Notre Dame is going on the road for the first time, or for game day, first time going to be in Durham, the take on with the Duke. They take on the number seventeen <laughs> Duke Blue Devils, who are having a very impressive season so far, led by Riley Leonard. This, I, to be honest, when doing my uh, going on playoffpredictor.com and filling out my uh, preseason uh, predictions and yeah. stuff, I had Duke as five and seven. I thought, really? yeah, I thought for sure, you know, it was an easy schedule that they had last year. This year, they have a much tougher schedule. Um, this is going to be a really, really good game. Sam Hartman, he's got to show up way more than what he did against Ohio State. 
Uh, but And both defenses fairly, fairly match up against each other. I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think they come back more hungry, more determined. Sam Harmon's going to pop off against Duke, who, despite playing Clemson, Duke hasn't really had a tougher opponent versus Notre Dame. They're just coming off a very heartbreaking loss to a, a good Ohio State team. And I think that's going to ride them moving forward. So give me the Fighting Irish to fight a win. Mm-hmm. All right, this one, Blake has Notre Dame as, um, as well. So this one's going to be a fun one. I think this is fair. It is worth a game of the week for this one. Um, first time, game day is going to be in Durham, like I said. Notre Dame coming off a tough loss. Ohio State. Sam Hartman, though, is having himself a year He's kind of slowly put himself in the Heisman race. I don't know. He kind of put him out, himself out of it now with that loss, though. That's not his fault, though. So it's just the lack of anything offensively So for both sides. But Sam Hartman's having himself still still having a good year. 80, uh, 81 for 115, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Very good. He has a good running back, too, with Audrey Estime. Um but Duke has a good offense as well. They have Riley Leonard, who's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country. Uh, they have, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Jordan Waters, who's having himself a season so far with 258 yards and seven touchdowns already. So should be a fun one. It should be close. I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to take Duke winning this one. I think they're a lot better. I had the actually, fun fact, I had them beating Clemson in the preseason. Okay. So. I did have them beating Clemson, and I stick with it. And I think Duke's a good football team. This one will be tough, but I'm going to take the upset in this one since you guys took Notre Dame. Okay. So moving on, South Carolina is going on the road to take on number 21, Tennessee, in Neyland Stadium. This game has so much of Tennessee's season. What Joe Milton are we going to see? Are we going to mm-hmm. see the choke against Florida? Or are we going to see like the phenomenal performance? I'm just going to... Pull up a random game here. I'm sorry for Virginia, but you know he had two. Joe Milton had 201 passing yards, two touchdowns in that game. Also, uh, you know their running back Jay, is it Jalen Wright? Yeah, Jalen Wright, uh, 312 yards on the ground. This game and South Carolina's defense isn't relatively that good, uh, but Spencer Rattler is still putting himself on a season, which is. Kind of under the radar, but also South Carolina is just not having as much attention as they were last year. Uh, but he's very well taking care of the ball. Uh, but last last year, South Carolina did beat Tennessee. Um, this one, I think I will go Tennessee in this one. I think Joe Milton's going to have quite a game off. they got to get the ground game going, in my opinion. That's how Tennessee is going to win that game. And if Joe Milton can clean up the mistakes, and if that Tennessee defense can force... Spencer Rattler into turning the ball over. So give me the vo- the volunteers. Blake agrees with you. He's taking Tennessee in this one. I, on the other hand, do not. I'm going to take South Carolina. I think South Carolina is a good football team. Two losses against two really good teams. North Carolina, they didn't look great against North Carolina, to be fair. But they hung with Georgia. They had the lead, too. So, like... Then just Georgia's a better yeah. football team. So they like, had the lead fourteen three, but then they also and then they also choked it at the same time. Yeah, but also but Georgia, also to hang in with Georgia is another story too. That defense is kind of just wears you down, and they just running the football and be having a good offense is which it's is tough ten, for them. If to, Tennessee can do, then they can very well win the game. Yeah, true. But I like Spencer Rattler a little more than Joe Milton. 
Um, I just to be honest, I think South Carolina has played way better opponents. Uh, I I know Tennessee. You know, you played Virginia. I'm sorry, they're not that good. <laughs> Austin Pay, you only put up 30. Florida, you lost. I don't think Florida's that good. And you played UTSA last week with UTSA. That's probably their best game of the year so far. Yeah. Um, the only thing that will be tough for South Carolina, it is in Neyland Stadium, and that's not an easy place to play. Especially when it's a night game. The fact that Tennessee is 12.5-point favorites, is that just bothers me so much. Um, I'm going to take South Carolina with, the, in this case, a massive upset. So, yeah, so give me the Gamecocks. Moving on, second to last game, number 12, Alabama is going on the road to take on the Mississippi State uh, what are the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. So, yeah. I mean, we, we saw Will, Will Rogers just threw the football out last season a lot. I think he was the – he won the title for most passing yards in the country last year. He did. Uh, the, 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 the thing that really stands out in this game – Jalen Monroe is starting, but he has thrown three picks. Two of them was to Texas. He did throw one last week to Ole Miss, uh, and then they're playing the little brother of Mississippi State. Um, but ultimately, this game, it, it's going to obviously come down to defense, as most defense does, but Mississippi State doesn't have the the defense as Alabama. Uh, but Will Rogers also hasn't been quite himself this year. They haven't. Uh, Alabama doesn't really have a ground game going on much. I don't know. This is just kind of like a lack of offense I've seen, especially from Alabama and from years past. But I will take them to win. Uh, it's going to be a very close game, I think, in the first half. But then that second half, Nick Saban's going to find a way to get them all fired up and just slightly come out with a win. Yeah. I think Alabama should win this. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mississippi State's definitely missing Mike Leach in this. Um, I'm not nothing against Arnett. But it's just not the same, uh, R.I.P. Mike Leach. But um, Mississippi State's a good football team. They lost to a good South Carolina team and also LSU. So two straight losses. Now they're going to pl- go play Alabama, which is really tough you get three to be, games to play in the SEC. You get to be back at home after being on the road in um, Columbia last, uh, last week. So I guess you get that. I think they cover 14.5 because I don't think Alabama's offense is quite as good. I know they had a little rebound week last week. I mean, 24 points isn't much, but it's good enough to win a football game. So I do think Alabama's defense will be the reason why they win this game. So give me Alabama. Uh, Blake also has Alabama as well. So final game. It's kind of a obvious pick in this one if, we, if you heard us talking about how good this team was earlier. Number seven, Washington's going on the road. To take on the Arizona Wildcats in Tucson. Yeah, um, go ahead. Three words: Heisman Trophy winner. Give me the give me the Huskies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Huskies should win this one. Um, Arizona's three and one though this year, so you can't. Their only loss is to Mississippi State in overtime. Yeah, but they've also but played, also who they've has also Arizona played. played? Team, they played NAU, which is Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks. UTEP in which they scored and they won by 21 and then they beat Stanford as we talked earlier by one who Stanford's probably one of the worst teams in college football this year power five wise yeah. power five at least but I don't know I think this is where Arizona season starts to come down a little bit and Washington is just the mo- one of the most dominant teams in college football yeah I think Washington wins this pretty easily uh spreads at 18 I'm taking Washington to cover oh I'm 18. hammering that hammering that and i 
over might hit because over under is at 67 and a half. The over might hit just because of Washington. So I think Arizona will score some points on Washington's defense because Washington's defense is probably the worst part of this team by far. But I think Washington's offense is just too good. Arizona's not good enough. So give me Washington at least by 2021. 20, mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was our college for. Oh, yeah. If you pretty much guarantee, uh, understand. I guarantee you Blake has Washington. <laughs> he took <laughs> yeah, he took Washington in this one. So, yeah, that was our college football pick em. Uh, I was going to start closing this podcast out, so I'm going to shout out to Anthony for coming on. Um, go uh, listen to the Sports Fan Show with Anthony Guma on Spotify. Also go listen to him like he shout out earlier on KRNU 92. What is it? KRNU 90.3 on Thursdays at 7. Yeah, pretty much wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even on Amazon, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your podcast, we are um, available. Um, yeah, got to work some things out, at least on my end of it. But yeah, go ahead and listen out. Also, if you do want to follow on Instagram, it's uh, at the Sports Fan Show. I think that's what it is. I don't know. I don't even know it's my own It's something like that. And then you're also on Twitter, too. So, yeah. Right? The Sports Fan Show on Instagram. I'm not really much on Twitter. So okay. just go ahead and follow my Instagram. That's where more content's made. So Okay. Um, anything else you're doing in school? Uh, thanks for having me on. It honestly feels good and weird to be a guest. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just thank you for coming on. Or thank you for having me on. I should say, sorry, that's habit. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, yeah, so uh, go check out our our socials, uh, Twitter, uh, Capital TLT, The Last Lake Take 22. Blake and me kind of go off on there making fun of Big Game Boomer and all that type of stuff. <laughs> we have fun with that. Our goal is to get blocked by him. And then on Instagram uh, is uh, all lowercase, The Last Take Pod, and we are also on Facebook. I'm not very good at posting on there, but we have it. If you want to go follow it, uh, it's just The Last Take. It's just basically a page. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next week, uh, join us because we'll have a news, a new guest we haven't had on before. So should be fun. So thanks, Anthony, for coming on and um, join us next week. So go Big Red.